0: Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome everyone to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin by calling in the spirits to gather around us here today and to help us. I call out to the ancestral spirits, to yours and to mine, and to those who will listen to the show who knows when. I call out to all of these ancestors who have lived well, who have died well, and who bring to each one of us this great legacy, this great great richness of humans who have lived, who have met the challenges of the day, who have learned, who have grown, and bring to us that which is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines. I call out the, to these ancestors who are able to be the helping spirits that the living need so that we are supported in righting the wrongs of the past, in doing what the present is asking for us to do, and in laying the ground in a good way for those who are coming. So I ask these ancestors to gather around us and give great gratitude for their presence in my life, my, their presence in your life, and for their willingness to dream of a better future so that we might be here today to make that dream come true. So with great gratitude for the ancestors who have gathered around us here, I ask each one of us to take our mind, um, our awareness from our mind to our heart and our heart to our belly and to reach down through all the layers of the earth. And as we go to offer the earth gratitude, gratitude for this day, for the wonder and miracle of life and the fact that you are here to experience the great diversity and beauty of things. We give thanks to the earth for the grace in her dream that allows each one of us to transform, to understand that surely as the sun rises each day, each day is also the possibility for us to change. So we give thanks to the earth for the great power of doing things day by day and that possibility day by day to build a better future. So with our heartfelt gratitude to the earth for all that has been, that has brought us to this moment, for all that is and all that will be, we reach all the way down to the very center of the earth, anchoring our intention to be grounded firmly there. Let us draw the energy of the earth up, drawing this earth energy up like a crystal clear spring rising up into our bodies and into our day, into our proceedings here with the energy of restoration, replenishment, refreshment, the possibility to make things new. This energy draws up into our lives abundance and the capacity to nourish and be nourished. So we give thanks to the energy of the earth. And we ask the energy of the earth to help us to understand the wisdom of manifestation. How to be here in form in a good way. We ask the energy of the earth to help us to learn to be grounded. To create in our lives a sense of home, a sense of hearth, a sense of place that allows us not only to welcome others in, but to welcome ourselves home. We ask the energy of the earth to help us to connect with a sense of belonging, not only to a place or to a people, but to the time, to humanity, to the ancestors of the past and the descendants who are coming so that we, the living, can take our place by rooting ourselves uh, strongly in the right energies and the energies that support us in doing what we've come here to do. And I call out to the energy of the earth to help us to understand connection, cooperation, to help us to understand that life is not about competition and compromise, but about co-creation and the, what it takes to work together to be part of this great web of life. We give thanks to the energy of the earth for helping us to feel the connection, the interconnections, and ultimately the great oneness of all things. And may we take our sense of right relationship from our place in this great web of life. So with gratitude to the earth, we draw the energy of the earth up into our belly, from our belly to our heart, on our heart to our mind, and we send our energy out with great joy out into the sky above out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos, reaching all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name we know this energy, let us call it down into our bodies, into our day, into these proceedings. And in this way, we call in all the wisdom of the cosmos to guide us, all of our connection to the stars, to our most, most, most ancient being ancestors. We call out to this energy to be with us, to help us to bring into our day the energy of blessing, The energy of protection, the energy of generosity and benevolence, devotion to what it is that we do, what it is that we are responsible for, to what it is that we care for. And we call out to this energy to help us to know and to feel the true nature of this existence, the benevolence and the beneficence in all things, and to know these energies in our life, to breathe it in, and let it cultivate within us trust, the trust that we need to have the ability to do what has not yet been done. And so we draw the energy of the sky in from our head to our heart to our belly and draw these two great lovers together, earth and sky, within ourselves. And we ask this big love energy, this energy of the Tao, to give birth To awaken, to illuminate, to inspire our heart to wake up, our heart to open and to hold the space here as this great crucible of transformation, to draw the fiery energies of the belly up, the crystal clarity of the mind down, let these energies to mix and merge and dance in the heart in such a way that their movement together creates an awareness, an awakening, um, a birth of our own inner knowing of why we are here, our heart memory of the path we are here to walk, our sense of the feeling of our unique genius as it stirs. And may we find in this heart the courage to do something in this day, to bring those gifts, to bring that expression of our true self out in the world. And for the assistance of the ancestors standing round, the earth below, the sky above, and the courage in the heart, we give thanks. May what needs to be said, be said. May what needs to be heard, be heard. And may all go forward in a way that is good for all living things. So I'd like to give special thanks to all of you listeners who have been able to donate. Um, In the past week, I'm very, very grateful for your support. Your support goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And this is a fundamental act of shamanism, that we do this show in this way, that those who benefit, those who are moved by what happens on the show, even if you're moved into irritation or frustration, that you are moved and you respond to that movement in your heart by moving into action and doing something in some way to support the power and the growth, the relevance of the show. Um, I could not keep the show going without those of you who can donate financially And at the same time, I value those who offer your questions, those who offer your show ideas, and those who simply send me emails about how they have taken something from one of the shows, used it in their life to create change and to benefit not only their self but others. And those emails, believe me, they always show up on a day that I need to be reminded why I'm bothering to do what I do. So I thank you all for all of the many, many ways that together we create this show and keep this show on the air and to keep it free for those who are able to connect to it um, in cyberspace. So for those of you who would like to donate, maybe you haven't ever donated, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com, click the donate button. You're welcome to donate any amount, large or small. For those of you that have requested um, an option to donate monthly, That was far more complicated than we thought it was going to be, but we'd be happy to support you in that with a monthly email. So just um, email us and let us know. And if you're uncomfortable with any form of online payment, you can certainly um, email me at christina at lastmasscenter.org, and I would be more than happy um, to give you a regular old address for a regular old check. And for those of you that um, are wondering about classes – Um, why shamanism now holds the archives and the information about the show and last mask center holds the calendar and information about the classes and so um, both of these websites um, speak to the different ways that you can connect with these teachings and um, the cycle begins again Uh, This year in 2013 in August. And there are still a few spots available for those of you who are interested in joining me in the cycle teachings this year. So thank you all of you for making the show alive and well and um, being this blessing in my own life. So today we're continuing on this little adventure of art in shamanism. And the topic of the day is dance. And we are not live this week. However, you are still free to um, ask questions. Feel free to email me um, and ask questions at christinaatlastmasscenter.org. And who knows, if the questions are interesting, we might end up with a show that comes um, from the questions from these shows. So dance. So I'm sharing a quote with you. The first creative task is to free the body to experience the power of being. It is first in that it is both where we must begin and what is most fundamental. Your body is the ground metaphor of your life, the expression of your existence. It is your Bible, your encyclopedia, your life story. Everything that happens to you is stored and reflected in your body. Your body knows Your body tells the relationship of yourself to your body is indivisible, inescapable, unavoidable. In the marriage of flesh and spirit, divorce is impossible, but that doesn't mean that the marriage is necessarily happy or successful. So this is from the book Maps to Ecstasy by the late Gabrielle Roth. And Gabrielle was a teacher for me, much like I've become a teacher for some of you. Gabrielle and I never really met, uh, but the words she shared through her book, The Maps to Ecstasy, were precisely what I needed to hear to give me the courage to find the course of my own path. The courage to do this in spite of the fact that the, my human teachers at the time did not agree with me. At that time in my life, I was dancing in New York, but the shamanic initiation and shamanism was happening. And so I had a a period of time of having human teachers in shamanism. Um, And the helping spirits were giving me messages about dance, which was probably easy for them to give because I was a dancer. And so I was open uh, to this information coming in Um, through my body, and coming in about dance. And yet, at the same time, I felt entirely alone. Um, I was here being provoked by my helping spirits and my own inner knowing about things. And yet, my community, my shamanic friends and my shamanic teachers didn't agree. It was all about the journey. And in my experience, there was nothing wrong with the journey But it just wasn't all about the journey. So when Gabrielle's book came out, as I read that book and through that book, I really heard a yes. A yes that said, do it anyway, in spite of the fact that nobody agrees with you. Because in a sense, she was saying, I do. This is is my reality. And her reality with dance was very much paralleling my reality with dance relative to shamanism. Now I am not um, a five rhythms practitioner. Um, It would be, I would be, um, it would be false for me to say that just as it would be false for me to say that I practice yoga, I dance, I do yoga. They are not the core of my path, but I could not walk the path I'm on without them. They are really critical facets. Of my life and what I do, so today, through this show i 'd like to give thanks to this this very special one of my core teachers um, in the very beginning of my real life. Um, so I give gratitude to Gabrielle Roth and her work with the five Rhythms and all that she has um, given to the world, all the gifts that she has given to the world, as she says in this quote that I already read, your body knows, your body tells. Now, many of us understand usually from the frustrations of our health issues that our body does know. Um, But what we struggle with as contemporary people and contemporary shamanic practitioners is we don't know how to get the body to tell. We don't realize in the very way we move physically through the day, how we stand, how we walk, um, the shape of our body. All of that tells the story, but it's a story we tend to not hear. Um, And so as Gabrielle says, your body knows, your body tells Right. But how do we get the body to tell us what it knows? I think this is an important question because one of the things that I notice with um, indigenous shamans, shamans who are not part of the Western world and shamans who are well respected is they have a very healthy balance. In their their big robust shamanic life, their physical life, their way of physically inhabiting their body and being on Earth, and their emotional life, and that these things have no great gap of separation, but they they're the the shaman's energy moves seamlessly, um, and that basically, um, assuming they maintain a good um, balance. With the kinds of energies they are, in, they come into contact with through their shamanic work, they stay relatively healthy, and often live a long time. So, so here we are then. These contemporary people wondering, you know, how do we get this story um, from our bodies so that our body can be free to be engaged intimately with our emotions with our physical world and with our spirit world in the way these indigenous shamans tend to be now it's not true to the person there's you know exceptions to every rule or principle but generally speaking Um, In the most respected shamans, there is a kind of balance, a kind of joyful, exuberant existence in life that is both emotional without indulging in their emotions and very physical um, without being plagued by their physicality. That It's just an aspect of of a full um, expression of being in the world. So part of what today's show is about is how do you get your body to tell you what it knows? Now, this is where I think art comes from. So pre-contact people, I think pre-contact people were wanting to communicate their experiences in life. And and that was in part to, to pass on knowledge. In part, this was practical. They wanted to pass on knowledge for the success of the next generation. And... Obviously, if we look at cave paintings and drawings and such, we also see that, that even this, this earliest art that we know of um, is also in part to communicate the inexplicable, delicate, fierce beauty in a life well lived. That art emerged because these people needed and wanted to express their experience of living. And so they drew and painted on whatever the surfaces were that were available to them in their time, that they received songs from spirit and from nature, from the spirits of the land, from their own hearts. And they received dances from spirit. They received dances from nature um, and from their own bodies. And these, these uh, pre-contact people gave songs back to nature and spirit, gave dances back to nature and spirit, um, made things, visual things, sand paintings, regular paintings as as a way of giving back that the art of the people was part of this conversation with life, with the bigness of life. And that art wasn't really about um, marketing merchandise, sales. Art was a a way of communicating and expressing dimensions of human existence that defy words. So they drew and they painted, they sang, they danced, that people made art because much of life's experiences defy description in words, especially the ecstatic ones. Especially this, you know, this desire then to leave for future generations the um image, the imprint, the understanding that, that these ecstatic realms are possible. Here, here's how you get there. It's worth it's worth the journey. It's worth the effort. It's worth the work to clean yourself out so that you can be um, the hollow bone that has this intimate experience with life. That much of art is not just saying, this is when you plant the corn and be sure to harvest by this time. Much of art was also saying, um, this is how you plant um, the seed of your soul's memory in your life and this is how you harvest the gifts of your life. So, So much of life's experiences also especially those of great grace and connection and sacredness, are diminished whenever we try to put them in words. And so we cannot relegate our shamanic experiences to words. We cannot simply only write down our journeys. Sometimes we need to paint our journeys. Sometimes we need to dance our journeys. Often, we should get up and dance. So I believe that humans made art because much of the best, the really the best of being human must be expressed by means other than words. And yet, ironically, I sit here today with words (laughs) trying to speak to you about dance. So as silly as that may be, here we go. So there's already two shows in the archive, actually, about dance. One um, is speaks to the power of dance that we access through traditional structure. And the other is about the power of dance that we access through um, no structure. And either way, the point about dance is that it is um, an avenue by which we access great power. And in particular we get out of the way to allow our body to heal. Now, some say we access the power to heal through dance. Perhaps. Perhaps that is one of the things that we do. But I think more important about dance, especially for contemporary people and especially for contemporary practitioners, that what we access through dance um, is the capacity to clear energies out of the way so that our body can simply rise to a higher level of health, which is its nature. It is the body's nature to move towards health. It's our job, one, to get out of the way, and two, to give it the raw materials it needs to get there. But we don't really understand healing. We just know that the body will do it if we can let it. And so this this whole idea that the body holds the stories... The body tells the stories. How do we access the stories? And using dance to access those stories, to let the body tell us, is one of the most profound and powerful uh, skills you can develop to let yourself be well. Um, in my teachings, this falls under the territory of the healer, the archetypal energy of the healer, and it's all about understanding how do we live in a way that allows us to be well because that is actually the nature of the body, and dance is this primary means of communication with the body because words are the primary means of communication with the mind, but the mind doesn't understand health and well-being that is the body's domain it's the body's wisdom and so if we want to have that conversation we need to be willing to shut up and dance so what was i saying two shows right so there's one show um about the power of, um, traditional dance ritual and the power of the collective engaged in traditional dance ritual. And by traditional, I mean, the steps of the dance are already choreographed and that if you are to participate, that is what you will do. And the show is. um, the guest on the show is Marsha Scarborough, and she's um, speaking of her personal experience of healing through these traditional ritual dances. And then there's a second show about the power of dance without this traditional structure. And the show is about trance dancing, ecstatic dancing, long dances, power dances, all these different kinds of dances, which certainly have ritual structure and intent, but they are without any structure or choreography around the movement itself. So you get to um, allow the movement to help you to explore what you might not know. So in my um, training, in my my four-year training – I know everybody thinks, oh God, four years, but believe me, four years is barely enough to process everything that's coming up. And one of the ways we actually can do it in four years and not longer, because if we had to process it all purely psychologically, it would probably take 16 years, but because we use dance so much as a means of integrating new understanding in the body, as a way of um, you know, moving into trance, uh, the embodiment trance of shamanism to bring in the embodiment with the helping spirit, so that we can learn what the helping spirit is wanting to uh, communicate to us. Without forcing our helping spirits to speak English, often the the messages that they need to communicate need to come in on other channels because we can't get it through words. Because so much of what is profound and sacred in life is not word-based. So the other thing um, that we use movement and dance for um, in the four years is simply to learn to truly embody our own energies. You know, certainly an aspect of shamanism is embodying helping spirit energies. And that is a very important um, aspect of shamanic work. Embodiment trance states um, complement and go with journey trance states. But as contemporary practitioners, I feel an equally important role here is embodiment role for dance, is embodiment of our own energies. Um, I don't personally experience that people are able to fully clear, understanding clear energies simply by some sort of mental or visual meditative process that emotional and body energies need to move and for us to understand them with the least amount of energy expenditure. And I don't I don't mean that from a scarcity perspective, but none of us are getting any younger here. And so if we really want to get in, access energies, understand what they are, let the body tell us the story, then we need to get up and dance. And so we use this um, for a kind of self discovery, a self-expansion, like moving into, into energies in our energy body like a chakra or something and um, use that to expand our understanding of that aspect of ourself. We also use it to explore what I call the energies that don't want to dance, energies that are stuck, energies that in our life are limiting, um, They they present in our life as limiting beliefs, as fears as um obstructions to what it is our heart intentionally wants to do and what it is our mind is focused on creating manifesting that um, we we get our heart and our mind lined up and we go forward and everything goes kablooey why is that happening well because there are aspects held in the body that are contrary to that and the most direct route in uh, is is through movement to connect with these energies, so we use this, we also use dance then as a means to express the story that 's held in the body and and ultimately to release energies that um, are no longer serving us and This is one of the most ancient roles of dance um, is for communities. To come together in a dance ritual where the beginning part usually is the heating up and the stirring up of energy so that that which is in the way, our own energies in ourselves that are in the way of what needs to happen, can be stirred and expressed and released so that we empty out. So that we begin to move towards um, a simpler vessel, uh, either to embody helping spirits or simply to be freer to embody our own spirit. It's it's the same process, um, just with a little slightly different focus, but that ability to clear the space and embody, once you learn to do it, can be used for any energy that needs to be expressed and released, um, creating space for something else to be embodied. And we also use dance as a way of bringing things not yet in form into manifestation as a way to bring, bring the vision into our body and into the dance so that we're actually dancing it into reality. Um, even though we've not yet built it day by day in our life, we, we are manifesting it there through the dance. So the true, true power really can be accessed through the spirit of dance um, in this free atmosphere. Um, and the point of that is That anyone at any time can access this power. And that when we dance, each one of us, when we move, each one of us has the power to reconcile inner conflict, any inner conflict, to transform toxic stress, which is a big fat waste of energy and is very destructive to our body, into energy and to reshape the stories that we carry that defy us on our path in the world. So each one of us has this incredible capacity right at our fingertips. So why don't we dance? Or why don't we dance perhaps? Why don't we dance with the focus and the intention required to enter sacred space And really embody the spirit of dance as a transformer. And this is, in my sense, the most um, one of the unique aspects of these trainings here at Last Mass Center is that whether you like dancing or not, you will move. You will, whether you can move, you will learn to the spirit of dance as a transforming energy. Um, Just like the elemental energies can be used as transformers in ritual and ceremony, so can the spirit of dance and that this capacity is um, huge in the archives of shamanism around the world and we are barely, barely tapping that potential in the trance dancing we're doing, certainly barely tapping it in the raves that we're doing, we're barely tapping it. It's like we know that it works, but we're really using it largely without the intention and focus and the guidance of spirit. In other words, to, to, to put a nice sharp point on that stick, we do what we want with dance. We know dance is this way of accessing this power and so we make up our own supposed rituals and ceremonies to do what we want versus shamanism which is to ask spirit how do we use dance to do this thing that needs to be done or even starting a question before that of finding out what needs to be done and then how do we use dance to do that. And to really bring, we, we know it works. It's like we know journeying works. We know dance works. But let's just take it out of this incessant indulgence that West, the Western world is so good at and start to use it with intention. And not only individual intention, but then to bring in the power of collective intention. And in this way, we could start to change things. So why don't we dance? Why don't we do this? So for many of us, this is back to Gabrielle and the maps of ecstasy. So for many of us, the body is a feared enemy whose instincts, impulses, hungers are to be conquered, tamed, trained for service, or beaten into submission. She continues saying personally about her path that ironically, she says, that's what I did as a dancer, as a professional dancer. I learned to ignore, deny, control, misuse, and abuse my body. I could make it do fancy steps. I could rev it up with one drug and knock it out with another. I could starve it and adorn it, but I didn't trust my body. I didn't like my body. No wonder I didn't live in my body or seldom even let my breath move below my neck. Mine became a body disconnected from the waves, the rhythm, the cycles that comprise the ocean of my being. I could dance, but I had forgotten how to really move or be moved. And this is a very important distinction and it's especially important for those of you that were thinking you might want to come study with me until I started talking about this dance stuff. because this is all we're really doing with dance and movement in this work is not worrying about whether or not you can dance what we're looking at is how to learn to really move to be moved by your own inner impulses what do the energies inside of you want to do how do they want to move and in doing that and only in doing that Can we open ourselves up in a way by cleaning out all of this crap we've got inside? Only in doing that can we truly be moved. I mean, haven't you ever wondered why everybody learns to journey, but few really learn embodiment trance states? Well, it's because few Westerners are willing to do the personal work necessary to empty the stories So they can truly be moved by spirit to do the work that is done in an embodiment trance state. And so this is really what we're looking at. is not about dancing, but in moving and learning to be moved. So here we are in the Western world, afraid of our bodies. But our bodies are our earth, elementally. We distrust our bodies, but our bodies are the only aspect of ourself that can never lie to us, and we do not like our body, and yet our body is the perfect vehicle for each one of us. Each body is the perfect vehicle for each one of us to live our soul's purpose, and yet we are afraid, we distrust, and we do not like it. So, by bringing dance or movement into our practice, I mean, frankly, by bringing dance or movement into your life, whether you have a shamanic practice or not, but by bringing it in one way or another, we relearn how to move from our own inner impulses. And then we can use dance to clear out the energies that are already there, the stories, as Gabrielle says, the stories the body carries, the stories the body wants to tell. So we can use dance then um, to clear out these energies of these stories. And and these show up first as simply the places that don't want to dance, that don't want to move. Some of you are saying, well, that's all of me. Well, that means you are filled with stories that need to be told, that need to be danced, that need to be expressed so that you can come to a place where your body um, is, is empty of the past and really willing to allow your spirit, able, willing and able to have your spirit fully inhabited now and to live the life your heart longs to live to live the life you're working so hard with your mind to manifest, right? It's all about cultivating your relationship with the body so that it can participate in the manifestation because it is the earth. Elementally, it is the earth and nothing manifests or is abundant here without earth, So we can use dance to clear out the energies already there that don't want to dance. And then we can be freed to move. Now to be moved, however, we must be willing to open ourselves to intimacy. And that usually cycles us back around to fear and shutting down. But nonetheless, dance is there, relentless, always available. And it offers this huge ability to transform um, in a way that is right here, free, available to all of us, right at our fingertips. It just takes time and energy, right? So why don't we dance? So we have the fear of the body. Because of our belief in separation, we've been told that it's sinful and awful and a whole bunch of other things. We fear the emotional body and what we believe are the emotional body's addictions and compulsions of obsessions. We don't realize that those are actually the result of the stories. The result of the stories that our mind continues to repeat, the stories that are held in the body that get in the way of the flow, the healthy flow of the emotional body. And we're afraid of altered states, we're actually afraid of losing control, afraid of stepping out of the story that has helped us succeed so beautifully in the world. And so just as we we pursue these altered states through shamanic life and shamanic practices, most people are actually dearly, dearly afraid to truly let go and trust so that they can journey deeply, so that they can trance deeply. So we have these fears because the language of dance is the language of the body and the emotional body. And when we are dancing, these two are able to communicate directly with ourself. And in that, they override the mind and the usual inner dialogue. So another way to understand this is dance threatens your false self. So the other way to say that is dance is your authentic self's greatest ally, ever present, free, available to you in any moment. Whether you can rise up and dance or even if you are differently abled, that you can dance in your own way and allow the energies to move in your body and discover What it is that wants to be told, what story wants to be told, expressed and released so that ultimately you not only allow yourself to move, let these inner energies to move you, but you empty yourself of these energies so that you can be moved by your soul's true purpose, by your helping spirits that support you and by the inspiration in the moment, by your intimate connection. With the day and all of the energies that come and go and participate with you in the creation of your life. So, Gabrielle says the body knows, the body tells. Movement is the way that the body tells its stories, movement is the way the body tells its secrets. Movement is also the way that the body tells us of what could be of the ecstasy and the intimacy of a life lived well and movement is the way that the emotional body tells us of what could be, that our emotional body could be empty of habit, of pattern, that it could be a hollow bone waiting to be played like a flute by the interrelationships of life. Gabrielle says that so many of us are not in our bodies, we're not really at home and vibrantly present here, nor are we in touch with the basic rhythms that constitute our bodily life. We live outside of ourselves, in our heads, in our memories, in our longings, absentee landlords of our own estate. Being, existence, energy, vitality, being means that our spirit fills our body. Our full self is embodied. But when we look in the mirror, what do we see? A dull, vacant stare, a sunken chest, a phony smile. Go take a look. What do you see? If it isn't a vibrant self, brimming with energy and present, then you are shortchanging yourself on the gift of life. She continues I know. I've been there. I've seen thousands of absentee selves, and you have too. On the subway, in rush-hour traffic, in the supermarket, profiled in the eerie evening glow of the television. And you know all too often you are one of them. I love this aspect of Gabrielle's book, is that it didn't let any of us off the hook. And I think it's critically important, particularly for people who are in shamanism now already, to understand we cannot rest on our laurels. We cannot just be where we are because it's working. We cannot just be where we are because lots of people are willing to pay us for that, that we need to take the next steps because we understand, in theory, we understand embodiment, embodying spirit, and that we must lead people to relearn how to embody their own spirit. And this is one of the great gifts of shamanism at this time, but we must be willing to use it because remember, dance as an art was just a way to communicate that which cannot be communicated through words. It can't be texted, right? It can't be blogged that it needs to be experienced and expressed and moved. And this is why art persists, because it gives us the means to communicate other aspects of our being. And in particular, in shamanism, art is critical because so much of the altered state, ecstatic, intimate experiences is essential to shamanism. Those that define shamanism as shamanism cannot be expressed by any other means but dance, song, art, but today particularly dance. So the important thing about finding yourself as one of those people with that dull stare, that false smile is that you don't need to be one of them and you don't need any money to change that if you're willing to get off your butt and dance. that it's not predestined that you're one of the dead, walking dead, you can dance. There's a beautiful Hawaiian teaching about being a bowl of light. And the teaching is that as we go through life, we put stones in the bowl and diminish the ability of our light to radiate, but not the light itself, the light is still there. So you can dance those stones. One at a time. You can dance the stones, dance its story. The stones are the stories that your body holds for you. They are the reasons parts of you don't want to dance with you. They are the reason parts of you can't dance with the conscious intention of your current life. So you can dance those stones and unwind those stories. You can express the stories through movement. And don't worry. If your mind has no idea what's going on, they don't have to be crystal clear memories. It doesn't have to fit into the story you tell yourself about your life. That when we dance, we dance the parts that are held in the emotional story and the body story that the mind doesn't really know. So you can express these stories through movement. You can learn them through the movement, through what it feels like to dance them. And if you need to, you can release them through the movement. You can release them through movement and sound. You can empty the bowl through movement alone if you have the courage and give yourself the freedom to dance, to move, to allow yourself to be moved, by the energies rattling around in that bowl, that want out. And then the light that is there will be splendid and full, illuminating you for the world and the world for you. You don't need to travel anywhere. You don't need other teachers. You just need to be willing to dance the stories, dance the stones, and empty the bowl. In Maps of Ecstasy, Gabrielle says, only when you truly inhabit your body can you begin the healing journey. My way back into life was ecstatic dance. I re-entered my body by learning to move myself, to dance my own dance from the inside out, not the outside in. So I sit here with words, trying to speak to you about dance and yet the truth really is in the movement, it's in the dance, that only when you truly inhabit your body can you begin the healing journey. And this is so critically important for shamanic practitioners who place themselves in the role of the healer. You cannot lead people where you have not gone yourself. You cannot lead where you have not followed. We each must follow our healing journey. For we can only lead others where we have already gone ourselves. And for us, contemporary people, that healing journey begins by inhabiting our body. And one of the direct ways to inhabit our body is embodiment. The irony of shamanism is how few people embody their own selves. They can embody a gajillion other helping spirits, but they can embody their own. And this is the great gift of dance. In the art of healing, dance allows us to communicate and express these energies. So where would you begin? Right? Okay, so you're inspired, maybe. Where would you begin? Perhaps you could begin... Simply by allowing yourself to move to the music that moves you, whatever that is. Don't worry if it's dorky. Don't worry if nobody else likes it anymore. Don't worry if everybody hated disco. Just allow yourself to dance to the music that moves you. And these days, you have no excuse to not be able to find it since everybody can get to any piece of music ever in some way through the internet. So dance, allow yourself to embody the music. Let it move you. Don't worry about what it looks like. You know, you're not at your junior high first dance. You don't have to worry if people think you're weird. It's your dance. Notice the feelings that you feel as you are dancing this music that you enjoy. Notice what it feels like to embody the spirit of the music through the dance. So step three, begin to develop awareness of your own feelings and allow yourself to embody your feelings. So let's say, for example, step one, you're dancing the music that moves you and you're tuning into a particular song Because when you hear that music and dance to that song, it reminds you of a particular time in your childhood that everything felt possible and you feel enormously expansive as you're dancing and as you become more and more aware of those feelings, a different set of feelings arise, which are the feelings and the stories that shut that everything is possible kid down. And so you begin to dance those feelings. Dance the other feelings. Dance the feelings trapped in the body. And don't be shy. Don't be scared. Don't worry if I tap this feeling, it'll never run out. If you dance it, you will get to the bottom. If you dance it, you can remove the dam that holds it back in the first place. If you dance it, you can reclaim your whole capacity to feel. And so step three would be to tune in to your own feelings and dance them, whatever that crazy dance looks like. These are usually not pretty dances, but who cares? They're your dances. Step four would be to begin to find music that supports these feelings you find you need to dance often. Because you carry in your body lots of stories about being abandoned or lots of stories about being silenced and you start to sense the rage, the frustration, the emptiness, the loneliness, the different energies. So begin to find music. You'll start buying music you never thought you would buy because you probably always avoided that music because it touched into these feelings you didn't want to feel these stories you didn't want to know, but the body cannot be free to be moved, to experience, to truly experience intimacy, especially intimacy with the spirits until you move these feelings out of the way. They are the stones in the bowl. And so we dance these feelings and we find music that can support that. And so... You know, I find myself then buying music I wouldn't want to support, but when I listen to it, it makes me really angry or frustrated, and that allows me to tap into the angry and frustrated stories. And as you get good at dancing these feelings and expressing them and finding a way to release them in your life, then you're in a place where you can begin to truly embody helping spirits. And then you can have some help in this dance from your helping spirits to gather their power and their wisdom and have them help you with these stories, to dance them out, to unwind them and to dance them out and to let them go. And as the helping spirits continue to help you to unwind the stories that are the stones that are filling your bowl of light, eventually there will be no stones to dance. There will be no more stories. There will only be a body that is open, a body that is available to your spirit help. And finally, finally, step six, dance your own spirit because your body is finally available to allow you to come in, to settle all the way into your body and inhabit this perfect vehicle You have been given by spirit to bring your gifts to the world. And in this way, as you dance your own spirit, dance the energy of your own soul's purpose. Dance the energy of your own unique genius. You can begin to discover your own power, your power, through dance. And ground that power in the world by making it manifest in the dance. And in that way, you communicate with spirit on no uncertain terms. This is what I want to create with my life. And spirit rallies behind you and helps you to make that manifest in the world. Gabrielle says, only when you truly inhabit your body can you begin the healing journey. So dance first to the music. It's a great gift we've been given from all over the world. Notice the feelings. Why does that music move you? When you notice those feelings, gain the courage to notice the deeper feelings that you carry, the ones that go with the stories that don't want to dance. And find the music that supports those stories and have the courage to dance those too. Dance your helping spirits And finally create the space, the empty space, the open bowl, to dance your own spirit. Because when you truly inhabit your body, you can begin the healing journey. Your healing journey does not happen in spite of your body. Your healing journey happens because of it. The body knows how to heal. That is its great wisdom. Each human body carries within it the natural ability to heal. That we must simply learn to get out of its way. And the mind does not know how to do that. We must learn to let the body lead. So get up and dance. So I'd like to give thanks... To the helping spirits, the helping spirits of the ancestors that have gathered around us here today, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. But I also give thanks to the spirit of the body, because with its wisdom to heal comes an incredible patience, waiting for us each day to shut up and dance. And I give thanks to Gabrielle and her spirit and the gift that she's given us. And I give great thanks to the spirit of dance and the power of transformation inherent in that great wisdom. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to dance.